one Dave here from Casual Shooters Podcast. Uh, just a couple things real quick. Laser app. Uh, on our website, I've added a new page. If you go to sponsors, you can see links to all of our sponsors. There's a link for Laser app. You can get 15% off with our code. It's on the website, but it's a great dry fire tool. It's a shot timer and recorder. So it'll record your first shot, splits, transitions. It's even diverse enough that you can set up arrays in different rooms so that you can have to move from one to another. It'll record everything. Amazing device. Check it out. Go to our webpage, casualshooterpodcast.com. Also, Hoist. We've got our discount code on the webpage again, same page. But you get 10% off there, and we're talking IV level hydration for those of you shooting major matches this summer. Even your local matches. It will help keep you hydrated. So go check it out. And also Gun Butter. There's a link for Gun Butter. You can get 20% off with our link. Uh, it's excellent lubrication for your pistols. Put a little on your lugs. The grease on the lugs of your rifle, good to go. All right, so go to our webpage, casualshooterpodcast.com. Go to the sponsor page. Links to their website right there, and the codes are on there for you. All right? Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you later. Welcome to this week's edition of the Casual Shooters Podcast, your premier podcast for the casual shooter. This week you have me, Dave, your host, and that's it. Chris and Leo were too intimidated by our guest masculine good looks to appear on the same podcast as them. Uh, before we get started, I just want to mention, uh, go ahead and visit our website. We do have another sponsor, Gun Butter, in addition to Laser App and Hoist. Uh, you can see all the discounts right on the main page of the website. Uh, but I also added a sponsor tab, and you can also get links to all of our guests there as well. Different ways to find them. So this week... Our guest comes by way of Hawaii, though I'm not sure he may be living there currently. He's a private investigator that got his uh, start in the 1980s. Hasn't aged a day since then. Hopefully I learned his secret of aging today. I may not share it, though. Everyone give a warm round of applause for Isaac Thomas Magnum P.I. Lockwood. How you doing, Isaac? Uh, I'm good. How are you doing? Yeah. Crowd goes crazy. Dude, you have got the most magnificent Magnum PI mustache in all of shooting. Uh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, it's been a couple years in the making. <laughs> yeah, okay. I like it, though. It's awesome. We need to get you in like a Hawaiian shirt. You know, it would be perfect. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I already wear the... The fancy sunglasses, actually, I don't have a lot. They're somewhere in my bag. Uh, well, that is actually one of my questions for you. So yeah. I have no idea where you found them. but So why don't you take a minute and go ahead and introduce yourself. Isaac Lockwood. So I've been, uh, as far as shooting goes, I've always liked guns, obviously. Uh, really didn't know about competition stuff until 2017. Basically started watching YouTube. Um, had a lot of time off work uh, going through some medical stuff with one of my kids. And so you're just at home, just cruising YouTube and found hot shots. 
I don't know if uh, everybody's seen that, but it's awesome. It's basically USPSA based for the most part. Three guns. It's got Jerry Mitchellek, uh, Clint Upchurch on the three gun side. I can't remember the guy that did the. Uh, they call it a guy that shoot bow. Uh, I think it just did trick shots more than anything. And another guy that did shotgun shotgun stuff, trick shots. And then, of course, Max Michelle, um, who turned in kind of, it was Casey Eusebio, and then Matt, Max Michelle kind of took over um, on that show. And it was just, uh, it was really cool to watch. And I don't know. Of course, I think like all guys, uh, I just thought, well, they can't be aiming. You can't shoot that fast and see what you're shooting at. I totally, I believe that. And uh, anyways, so I went out to my local range. They actually had. Tuesday Night Steel and did USPSA, uh, but I thought I'm never gonna wear that stupid race gear. <laughs> I was like, no way. <laughs> but I look at you now. It. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Started shooting the, uh, the Tuesday Night Steel, and uh, when the 50 and 60 year old ladies were beating me, I was just like, hey, maybe I'm not Rambo. <laughs> maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm not quite as good as I thought I was. <laughs> Going to the race, shooting a mag. And then changing guns and shooting a mag and then being thinking, wow, I just shot a lot of ammo, you know? But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I quickly learned, latched onto it, got addicted. I think like we all do, um, either, you either get addicted or you quit what I found. <laughs> right. <laughs> it, it either turns you onto it and you can't get enough of it or you immediately just like, uh, your ego gets too big is what I think for guys. Uh, they, they just can't come back and keep getting beat by you know, kids and, and grandmas and, and al along with everybody else. I mean, if that was the case, 80% of us would have quit because of the Williams sisters. Right. I, yeah. yeah exactly. young, young girls <laughs> beating the tar out of everybody. Absolutely. I know. <laughs> I know. I hate <laughs> that was one of my goals. Uh, was, uh, that's always a goal when I'm at a match where they're at is I can't, I mean, it's inevitable <laughs> now. I mean, oh. with, uh, Justine with the PCC, I think, oh yeah! I, I always get them mixed up. Justine Jaylee's. I'm pretty sure it's Justine shoots the PCC and Jaylee's yeah. single stack. But yeah, oh yeah. So I can't beat her with that PCC. But not a lot. Not a very few can. So anyway, it is what it is. But before that, when she was shooting a pistol, I didn't. I was just like, oh, I can't lose. I think she was when I first shot. Not against her. We were different divisions, but she was at the same match, and that was a goal. I was like, I. Can't let, I think she was 16 or 17. I don't know. <laughs> like, you know, I, I was decent, but I mean, each year has been a progression for me. But yeah, that was that was one of the goals in the back of my head that I was like, man. <laughs> but I think she still got me. <laughs> well, and and last year, I know I'm going to butcher her last name, Morgan Leonhardt. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, women's national champion at what, 14? Yeah. She yeah. definitely kicked my butt. So. so yeah, I was there last year. Um, I didn't get to see her shoot, but I certainly saw that she won, and and it was yeah. a, it was it was kind of a, a a good moment seeing her accept her award. You know, I think we all kind of like she got she stole all our hearts up there on stage, crying. Or, you know, a little she was emotional, but she got us right. There. <laughs> exactly, we were all happy for. Her. All right, I don't know if you've heard any of our episodes, but um, we start off with five personal questions. To get to um, you know what? I plan to. I've been busy. I, I turned one on. I've got a uh, a TV in my garage, and I turned one on today during my workout. And it was uh, yeah, Bob Bogle, and so I heard some of it. But I was okay. okay. I was working out before I had to go and 
take care of some errands. So it's not a little bit of stuff. So. Yeah, no, he's, a, he's an he's an above average shooter. Yeah, he's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I love to I love to trade with him. You know, he's one of those guys that uh, I think just no matter who you are, you're going to learn from him. No matter how good you are, just there's a lot yeah. of guys out there like that. No matter how good you are, whether you're even better than him than them uh, shooting wise, you're still going to learn so much. But yeah, I definitely like that. Uh, I will say this: I'll just throw it back to that episode. It's, because people that are interested should watch it. I, he was able to explain uh, it was it was more the timing. Some people just so we're just jumping right into <laughs> mechanics. That's okay. But, I like it. That's good. I'm a student of it, you know, and that's kind of what it, you know what draws me because there's always something you can do better. But he was able to really explain something that I couldn't put, quite put my finger on until I heard him say that today. So it was really interesting. So I'll bring it up. Uh, is you can teach mechanics or you can have the perfect mechanics, but there's something to be said for a natural ability to, to feel your gun and the timing and the balance of it and be able to, uh, like what happens a lot of times, I know it looks like I flinch if I run out of ammo or something, right? Or it doesn't go bang and I'll push forward and it looks like a flinch. But all you're doing is kind of like what he said is you're, you're timing the gun. So at the instant you, you know where that shot's going to break, you're already applying that pressure. He didn't go into it like this, but I was able to take that to understand what I'm doing and why I was like, what the heck I'm flinching, but I know I'm not flinching because obviously I'm hitting what I'm, what I'm aiming at. So that was a good explanation how he described that. Yeah. More like a, an anticipation, but it's, you've got the timing down to where yeah. that anticipation is at the exact moment of ignition. Yes. So, and it doesn't always, yeah. obviously if it was always perfect, <laughs> then, then you wouldn't miss as much, but you wouldn't be human if you were always perfect. Right. But some people are definitely just have that. And uh, you just, it's not something you can teach. It's something that you've got to either develop through just more rounds down range, more life fire, or you just, or you just naturally good at that. Yeah. All right. Great. So great, great episode there. From what I what I could hear okay. before I had to leave. <laughs> okay. Uh, go good. You get more to listen to. <laughs> yep. Uh, question number one: What's your favorite movie? Oh gosh. Uh, <laughs> actually, that's not too hard. So okay, it's a <laughs> it's the Princess Bride. It's one. Have you ever heard of that? Yeah, yeah, you're Princess yeah, you're Bride. not the first one to say that. Oh, really? That's actually okay. it's one of yeah, those Leo, you can just watch over and over. Yeah, it's just one of those that you can watch over and over, and it just whether you know every line or not, it's still just it's still funny. It's got everything. It's got everything really. All right, this one might be a little tougher because this one seems to fall into one of two camps: either you read or you don't read. And what's your favorite book? Yeah. 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 I don't read a whole lot. I read for my job because I have to, you know, I can't say I have a favorite <laughs> book, uh, just cause reading has never been my thing. To be honest. Okay. All right. I'm re right now. I'm just reading how to survive long. <laughs> it's, okay. It's yeah. It's just, yeah, that's a, for any yeah. The, I'm a firefighter and I don't envy you and your job right now. <laughs> it, you know, it's, I just, changed agencies um, two months ago and obviously it was it, it's such a it was such a good move i'm very fortunate to be there and 
it's kind of been an exact, exact opposite of what I came from in a good way. And now I'm just like, I'm having fun again. And it, it, it has law enforcement. It, it just, it just sucks because I'm in California and mm. really the, the criminals are protected as we all know. And, uh, and it's tough. So you just, you still, you can't get discouraged. You've got to do your job and just do the best that you can do, do good work. And that's what this agency promotes. So regardless whether they're going to be out before, you know, in two hours after you book them, you're going to take, you know, four hours for the report or whatever you got to do by the end of it. It doesn't matter. You just keep doing your job, do your best. And it comes down to leadership. It's such a big thing in law enforcement, regardless of where you're at. So it can either make or break all the way down it's been a good thing okay now one of our co-hosts uh is big into superheroes so this is his question who is your favorite superhero <laughs> well it used to be spider-man growing up i just always okay saturday saturday morning cartoons spider-man yeah but uh i always had a thing for superman too and now that i'm older you know calvin henry i don't know I think that's how you say it. Henry Henry Cavill Henry Cavill, yeah that guy okay. he, he's a he's a good Superman so he got he got me back into it. I'm I'm a fan of all superheroes but just growing up just kind of I guess reading comics and watching the cartoons they give you I think an unhealthy view of what a male should look like <laughs> but <laughs> but I don't care it's like I want my superheroes to the dudes to be buff and strong and and believable. And, uh, and yeah, he does a good job of that. So I would say Superman now. Okay. I, I was like, thinking I like, with, I like them all with your sunglasses, with the way the nose is on him. I was like, Oh, maybe he's a Batman fan. <laughs> I like, <laughs> yeah, I like Batman too. Batman's good too. Absolutely. All right. This next question, uh, they don't have, they don't have to be intertwined. So, Favorite gun and caliber, but it could be, you know, your favorite gun could be a rifle or it could be a pistol, but your favorite caliber is a rifle round. So it's whatever you want it to be. My favorite gun is my SOCOM 16, Springfield SOCOM. Okay. It's just, it's 308. And that thing is fun to shoot. And it just makes a big boom, but it's easy. It's very controllable. And you can, I mean, it shoots fast. It can, it's all stock, but I can still shoot, I think, 12 split with it with a 308. So that's, I mean, it's just a good time. Caliber wise, okay. I think, <laughs> I think 45 is my favorite uh, just because, I mean, I love shooting 1911s. I love the 45 feel. And uh, it just got that, uh, that, that, that America, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's 45, the Lord's caliber. <laughs> there you go. Amen to that. I like it. Now, the, the fifth question, I usually ask a personal question. So I'm going to ask you one. Well, I mean, personal. I mean, it's it's more geared toward the individual guest. It's not a, you know, a generic question that we would ask everybody. But um, after looking around at your stuff, this one's probably going to go on for about 15 minutes or so uh, <laughs> because you have a gray gun P320 Lockwood. Yes. So what exactly is a gray gun P320 Lockwood? So 
I have a lot more questions, so you can give a yeah. generic question answer initially. Yeah. So basically, it's a as we know, Bruce Gray uh, kind of helped create the 320 essentially, and the FTU and all that with Sig. Uh, I don't know how well known that is, but uh, so he works with Sig very close. Well, the three essentially it's a four seven, so like the standard 320, the original one, not a five inch, a four seven inch uh, upper. The biggest thing would be the bull barrel, nine millimeter barrel, that is hand fitted to the slide or slide vice versa. The slide's hand fitted, but uh, so it's got a very tight lock on, as well as obviously the custom serrations and, uh, and the specific weight we try to achieve. So essentially, what you're getting is a semi-custom striker fire. Okay. Now, how? So how long have you been shooting gray gun? pistols uh, about let's say almost three years now i wish i could remember the, the first conversation uh, i know we've been working on the lockwood for two years uh actually i think i've got uh well i've got obviously the lockwoods here but back here Not so handy, but let me grab it out. I've got the kind of the originals. Here, I'll just grab the slide. So what we came up with originally, which is looks like your standard 320, and essentially what we what he did is he just cut it out for a bull barrel nine uh, and fitted the slide to the barrel. Uh, and is I mean it. It's pretty simple. I mean, we had, uh, we just cut it for an optic and we tried a five inch. We tried, I think a four, three, 4.3 inch. So we did a lot of different development of it, but this is kind of what we came up with originally. And the weight was, uh, I think just the slide was 99 ounces. We wrote it on there uh, under where we mount the optic just to see what different weights would feel like, and what I was going for. So I was super selfish when I developed it. I developed it for specifically what I wanted to feel, what I wanted to see, um, which is probably a little snappy. I, I run, I like a 124 grain, like a 130 grain at most uh, bullet. And I like to run it at 134 to 136 power. Okay. And the, the reason for that, I don't like the 147s just for the fact that it's a slower cycle rate. And it almost, what I was seeing and pretty much didn't matter which play is when the slide would return, it would like dip down a little bit. So it would just cause that slow return. It's, it would it would dip down. So I'd see it in my optics mainly. Optics are a great training regardless whether, you know, if you're just dry firing or not, they're just such a good training tool because you get to see exactly what it's doing. What it's doing, You get right. that feedback and you can't quite get that to higher sites, I think as well. It's just, it's going to be harder to see, but the dot is, perfect it's like a perfect training tool uh but that's what i was seeing so knowing that i'd like to shoot the 124s the higher power factor the return rate was faster and i didn't get that dip down so basically we'd go back and it would, i don't mind muzzle flip i don't really care if it's flipping as long as it's moving straight up and down it's returning right back to where it came from that's the most important thing so i can take that shot faster so faster cycling uh, we basically determined, or through trial and error, I, I determined that 
I got the best uh, performance out of a 4.7 full barrel. No, no tungsten guide rod. I took that out. I tried that uh, with 124s at 134 and 136 power factor. Fast cycle rate and no dip. It's just comes back and it's ready to fire again before I'm ever ready. And so that was important to me to be able to basically to get better. The gun was beyond my capability, but uh, it was ready to go before I was. That's what I wanted. And okay. It made, it made me better do it. Right. Now, how I was, my next question in this is how did that conversation, I mean, how do you approach someone who worked with SIG to create this and go, hey, uh, what do you think about doing this? How does that get started? Well, actually, Bruce is, he's, he's, he's as, as many years and as much experience as know-how that he has, he's still a student. Like, he's still always looking to learn something. And so I felt humbled because he came to me to ask me, but I thought, I'm like, I mean, you've got, I mean, countless shooters that are established in this sport and others that he could go to. And I was fortunate that uh, that I was able to kind of like you know, talk to him and meet him and all that, you know, kind of get a relationship. And we just clicked, obviously. And uh, and then you know, within a year down the road, he's like, well, what would you want in carry optics? I think I was just the only one shooting carry optics before Mason kind of jumped to carry optics. I think he may have shot it a little bit, but I don't think he was, his goal was production and limited. And, and still is, but uh, right. But yeah, so I was I, I I don't. That's a good question. I got to ask Bruce. I don't know how that actually why he cared what I thought, <laughs> but uh, okay. I certainly was willing to help in the way that I could, and uh, and it just kind of compounded. And then he was just like, "Well, I'm going to send you something. What do you want? You know, what do you want? What would you like to see?" And I was running an X5 at the time, just a stock X5. Um, and I think I just switched to it, the tungsten the TXG bullet. So I was just playing around with things. And I shot an MMP before. Um, the MMP, yeah. what is it? It's their five inch. It was a, I, I sat at the pro slide. Uh, anyways, there was some benefits in that. That were there was a couple things that were better than the Sig that I thought, uh, but the Sig. Overall, was better than him in my performance-wise. So, so there's just some things I was looking for, and I think that's basically ultimately that's what we came to. So, yeah, um, it, 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 it's a tough one to answer because it just kind of it's uh, something that just happened, and I think it's because he's a student still. He's always looking. He, he values everybody's opinion, and I think he knows that you can kind of learn something. Now he's on the East Coast. You're on the West Coast. So how did he? How did you guys even meet each other? So he's on he's on the West Coast now. So he closed his shop on the East Coast, and he moved back oh. to Reedsport. So he's back in Reedsport, Oregon. And how we met actually, we, uh, it was actually a while before we met in person, uh, at least a year. But it was actually through Jason Wood, Target USA. Uh oh, the devil. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so so he's he's actually um and i'm trying to remember how i even 
got introduced to Jason, to be honest. I think it was at an area match, area two in Arizona, possibly. Yeah, I think that's what it was. And we went out to dinner uh, with a group of us, and I met him there. But uh, my memory is garbage, so I'm very sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. okay. For but, everybody uh, yeah, listening. Our, yeah. So for everybody listening, I, I call Jason the devil because Isaac posted – a video of him shooting that freaking monkey swinger thing and challenge the other people who have one to do the same drill. And that's when I said, uh, I replied that Jason is the devil because yeah, that swinger that is evil. <laughs> yeah, it does have a pattern. So, so I it didn't want to, I, I didn't want to like do a bunch of runs and just post a perfect run. Um, I did run it like two, two to three times prior to, the one I posted for the challenge. Um, and it was, and what's funny is I, I didn't even run it. That was the first take I did with I, where I, my focus was just the swinger. So Jason proposed to me, he wanted to do a challenge, that challenge, which is essentially you, okay. shoot, uh, you shoot an activator. It's just an activator and the holy monkey. And so you activate and then you get you, four passes. It's going to pass more than that, but you just, your first four passes, two shots per pass only and then see what you get so essentially you get eight eight shots total on target and uh, so that was my first one i had other stuff set up because i was i was training with it kind of training some transitions and kind of just eyesight with the tracking along with transition and timing working on a couple different things and then i was just like all right i'm going to do this challenge and so i just did the activator and the holy monkey for it and that was actually my best run, even though I had I did have a mic on it. I completely whiffed one of the shots, and but I had seven seven shots on target, and they were seven were alphas, and then one mic. So I, I don't care. That was still I know I know that was a good a decent run. Uh, I'm sure it can it can definitely be done. Obviously, you want to post all alphas. And keep, you know, right, and, uh, of course. But he said, uh, I guess JJ Ricasa has one. Uh, Max Lee Grandis has one. And uh, Jay Beal has one, and he, there's others who I think he's, I think he was going to send one or had sent one to Mike Seeklander. He's trying to get them to everybody just, you know, to kind of get some exposure. But as well, if nothing else, just get it into clubs for fun. It's, it's fun. It's very consistent. You can adjust the weight and have it do some different things. Uh, oh, and, wow. Yeah, you can have it. He said uh, they adjusted it for one where they dug basically or they set it up higher i think and they had to kind of dig out the ground a little bit because he said it went all it can go into the ground and back up if you want it to get real wild wow yeah it's, a, it's but what's cool about it is it's it, it runs i think it's like a four or five five passes and it's going to be a pattern of the same five and then it obviously as it slows down it'll be a smaller version of those five presentations so i, I don't know if you I don't know if you saw Akita Bussey's post, but she said uh, she posted something recently that the World Shoot range has one of those. Oh, that would be yeah. Oh, exactly. <laughs> I was like, uh oh. Yeah, so, so these these top guys going to Worlds better get one then. Better check it out. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Better get some practice on it. The big thing um, about it, though, is if, what it's good for, if nothing else is, you know, because if they set it up differently, who knows how they're going to set it. 
if you can pattern it great but uh is it really helps you it's going to be good for kind of like any sort of training to track track your yeah. sights on a moving target which we do kind of some uh for those of you who uh he just disappeared off the screen so he obviously lost connection to the internet um but he'll be back so we'll keep this thing running <clears throat> So, yeah, it'll be interesting uh, for the guys going to the world shoot who are actually still going to do it. Um, it'll be interesting if they can get some actual practice on one of those to see if they can figure it out, if nothing else, just to work on their focus on tracking on that swinger because that one's completely different than what we're typically used to. Welcome back. Sorry, I had to change phones, so my – the phone of my, I got from my brother, it overheated. I told you it's hot. Oh, oh you know, that's yeah. kind of odd because your um, your audio would break up. Uh -huh. So I bet that I bet that's why. Yeah, so back on my phone. But I can hear you. I just can't use the headphones. Okay, I'll make sure I speak up. They're going <laughs> to they're gonna wonder, why is Dave yelling the whole episode? <laughs> I'll just sit real awkwardly close to the camera. <laughs> Oh goodness! Yeah, I told you. Yeah, right. yeah, I think it's about. I got the fan on me, so I'm not dripping sweat. But it's about 95 in here. I think it's 100 outside. Good lord, yeah. we're in. We're in California. Are you? I'm in Redding, California, north of uh, Sacramento, about two and a half hours. Okay. Wow, and that far north, it's still that hot, huh? Yeah, it's. I I know at least every couple of years we're the hottest place on earth for a day or two. At wow. time, yeah, we had. It was a, I think it was three, three years back, four years, three or four years back, we had uh, a record here that we broke, which was over 110 degrees. It was 70 something days say, uh, consecutively. I can't remember the exact how many days, but it was over 70 days straight over 110 degrees every day. Are you sh are you sure you don't live in Death Valley? <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, and, that's like Death Valley hot. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a uh, hot summers here. So I'm definitely tra I'm training the heat. That's for sure. Damn. That's why I got my water. I'm constantly drinking water. Well, it's funny because I have a question about that later. So that's good. We'll be talking <laughs> about that. <laughs> All right. So um, getting back to the gray guns real quick, <laughs> you I have several questions, but the first one I want to ask is you mentioned that you don't use a tungsten guide rod in your video. You showed in your competition equipment video, you said you use a fatty guide rod. Now I don't, I don't shoot a SIG. I shoot a Canic. So what is a fatty guide rod? Uh, so basically that's the, it's a gray gun. It's the, it's the gray gun guide rod and I'll take it out. It's a, it's real similar to a stock one. Um, I think just the only difference is, sorry, my guns are so dirty. <laughs> I, I <laughs> That's clean, okay. I only clean them after a couple thousand rounds and right before a major, oh. basically. So okay. So it just it it's probably your standard. The difference is I is probably back here. I think the stock ones are uh, a little bit fatter. Or just maybe have a different contour. It's a it's just a gray guns uh, brand. Guy okay. run. It's what they it's what they offer. 
So I don't think it's uh, it's going to change much anything. It's not added weight, certainly. It's just steel. Um, okay. But I, I tried the tungsten in the past. I liked it for the time I was shooting it. Um, but you kind of, as you grow and develop your skills, they change over time. So you try things that kind of work. And then as you kind of develop other skills or a, a new skill set, you kind of realize where that might be limiting you or whatever. And I think just people change to, uh, it's, I think it's normal for people to change over time and kind of your ability changes, how you maybe hold the gun changes. You know, I always kind of look at Tiger Woods was always working, even, even in his prime, he was always working on changing his swing or doing something. Um, and yep. I think that has to do with, uh, it's just human nature. If we're not trying to improve, you're, you, you can never stay the same. You can't just coast. I don't think, I don't believe in that. You're either, you're either getting better or you're getting worse. And that applies to pretty much everything. So, so I think it's part of that too. So I'm not, I mean, I used to be where I had to have like the lightest trigger and this and that, you know, and I think everybody that starts shooting competition might go through that phase. I was, I certainly did um, where I had to have this perfect trigger, this and that. And then I realized it, uh, it took me a while, but I finally realized that it was all about developing my fundamentals and just the constant pursuit of perfecting it. And I'll never get there. And nobody truly does, but uh, it's just, it's that pursuit that keeps us pushing. And then the competition, it's a great way to, uh, you know, to see where you stand and that helps motivate me as well as probably everybody else to uh, try to be even better. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Now, you so with the new slide with the lockwood slide you as you said they made it larger and added a bull barrel so yep. that's obviously some added weight but i don't know if it really if you're taken away from the slide did it change the weight or did it just the balance of it the balance is what it is basically that's what we were going for so okay so i've got i've got a Nice dirty one here, <laughs> but <laughs> essentially, so the difference between the uh, the black one that I had here, right here, kind of the pre-Lockwood uh, prototypes that I was using. I think I had one that was nine seven, and this one's nine nine. Um, but this one, uh, I want to say this, we went down to like nine six on this one. So it's a little bit lighter. And that's probably just those cuts right there, essentially. Those okay. little windows. Um, but yeah, the balance, you, I mean, you, you coined it exactly. The balance in this thing for the bullets I shoot at the power factor, I shoot it and I spring it with a kind of a heavier spring. A lot of people like to use 12s. Um, I've even heard as low as 11s. Um, I like, I use a 14. I use a 14 pound spring. Uh, 15 is a little bit much. I found that 14 and then there's kind of a, just like with all springs, there's, there's a shelf life on them and uh, they, you know, they wear out, but uh, kind of a, a 14 pound springs with about 2000 rounds on it is, is right in that golden zone. I've, I've learned <laughs> and it gives me that balance to where I have a very fast return, but it doesn't, it, it well one it's it's reliable with uh, the higher power factor or uh, i run it a little bit higher i think than most um but it comes right back to 
where it, uh, where the trigger broke, basically where the shot breaks, it's back and ready to go before I ever am. So I don't, I don't have the, uh, I don't think I'm going to ever get to a point where I'm out running it. <laughs> so are you hand loading then? So I am, uh, I'm fortunate that I have a buddy Mike Schroeder. He's a, uh, he's a gunsmith and I kind of forged all these relationships very, like simultaneously. I was very, once I got into shooting, I just, I, I get a hobby or whatever. I get all in, you know, and uh, I just go everywhere and made a lot of friendships. And the one thing I will say about shooting is so many good people and they're the people I mean, it's like I've been I've, I've done a lot of sports um, and there's good people everywhere. But it, the shooting community is just kind of like they'll give you the shirt off their back. Like if you show up to a match and you just want to shoot it, somebody there is going to give you their gun, their belt, their ammo. And they're, you're going to shoot if, if all you got to do is say, I want, I'd like to try this. And somebody's going to be like, here, here you go. Yeah, so. I mean, uh, I have a personal story about that because where Area 8 was held the last two years, I went up there for just a local match, and um, my son and I got up there where we were going to shoot, and we realized we let we brought our guns, but we left our belts with our mag pouches and everything <laughs> two hours away at home. So the the people that owned the range – Loaned us belts, mag pouches, guns, magazines. We had ammo. So they loaned us everything else we needed. Now it took me, it was like a, I want to say it was an eight stage local match. And it took me seven stages to, you know, figure out that Glock. But I finally, <laughs> that eight stage was good. <laughs> right. Right. And that's exactly. So I was, yeah. And that's, that's kind of each avenue I took, whether it was bullets or guns or magazines or or uh like with springer precision just every everybody i met and talked to they just they just good people and they're just willing to they're, they're it's it, we're all excited about the sport because it's just so fun and it's shooting so we all love shooting we're all we all have common ground and uh yeah so i was fortunate so back to my my loader or he's my loader he's a gunsmith but he, he also loads to uh ammunition and he's done that for okay. about 30 years. So he loads all my ammo. I I pulled the handle uh, on for – it's an embarrassing low amount. <laughs> I probably <laughs> – I've loaded less than 10,000 rounds. I know that. But uh, so he's, he's he's the guy I, re I defer to for any technical questions on that. And it's like everybody kind of hand – they load them for themselves usually, right? Well, I don't have right. a loading machine. I go over there. Uh, when I do load, but I still have to ask, Hey, what am I loading these at? How many well, that's drinks? because your, your garage would overheat the loading equipment. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> well, the reason I ask is um, it's a little out of, out of order, but I mean, the reason I was asking is that the lock would slide with a 14 pound spring how would that would that work just as well with factory 124s that are maybe running 132? It's going to work as well. I just the the what you're going to see is going to be so minimal. Kind of like what I tell people when they're they're running an X5 like a Legion, uh, and they want to they have a, so it's a five inch versus the four seven. Like what's the benefit? Um, so besides the balance, the other huge thing I notice, and 
I only notice it because of how much how much I shoot or at times sometimes I go through peaks and valleys of components, you know, when I'm, you know, just out of ammo. Um, so, you know, just super conservative on my practices. But uh, when I'm shooting a lot, it's more noticeable, just kind of like anything else when you're doing it more, you notice the fine, the, the little things. And so with the four seven also versus the five inch, I noticed with a dot, um, you can do this. You'll, you'll, you'll kind of nose it over. Let me put the slide back on. But, you know, so when you're shooting an array, you'll kind of, with iron sights, you have to stay very rigid as, as you, you move it with your eyes. Your eyes lead, of course, on your transitions and you bring it to your eyes, but your frame has to be very rigid. With optics, especially a huge optic, you know, like the Max right. or the XL, um, is you have a big uh, field of view. So what I noticed in an, in an array around a corner or something, I would just I would I would just nose the front of the gun over to the next target, not necessarily move the whole gun. Well, in doing in doing that with a four seven versus a five, I really noticed how quick I could get through an array um, with a big optic with without moving the gun. It just would move just just a little bit quicker. And it, it's noticeable when you're shooting a lot. So I tell people you're probably not going to notice it unless you're shooting a lot of rounds. Um, so I'm not, I mean, I don't try to use that as a selling factor. It's just something that's going to be very negligible unless you're, sh you're shooting all the time, um, but it is there. So it will be slightly faster, even more. So when we tried the, the four, three inch, um, which is much shorter, you know, it's very noticeably shorter. Um, I tested that, but with that, it was a it was uh, a little more difficult to control, and it was almost too fast. So any difficult target, it was hard. To, it, it, it's harder to control. So okay. it's harder to keep the your sights on that target. Say if it's at thirty yards, if it's a 20, 20 to thirty yard popper, it was definitely harder to hit because um, it didn't settle quite like a four seven, and the five will settle even. So basically, the further out you go. That's where, because you don't need that length like you do with irons on an optic, but right. there's something to be said for how the gun settles when it's a little bit, when you add inches on the end of it. Um, but I found that the 4.7 was kind of like that golden uh, length. You found where, the sweet spot. Yeah. Exactly. So where it was fast in the, 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 the rays that are closer, but still settled very well on, on difficult targets, you know, so... It's a it's a kind of a minute selling point, I guess. So it's not really going to benefit, I would say, the average shooter. But uh, obviously, the more you shoot, it's something that you may notice. But overall, what you're going to notice is it's a tight fit because it's a semi-custom because it's it's hand-fitted. Um, and the balance of it uh, versus your stock Legion or your or or any other any other one out there, really. Cause it's weight taken off specifically. We even took weight off under this, which I don't have this off, but uh, if I took this off, you kind of see some of that weight uh, cut out there as well. So balance is the key word. That's kind of the, the word I always use is, uh, is that it's balance. It's a balanced slide. And uh, I don't know, obviously even without it being named after me, which <laughs> I, I haven't, I, I feel like I definitely haven't earned it yet. You know, I'm very, humbled that they that they did that but uh uh 
it's it's a good it's a good pistol. I'd shoot it regardless whose name on it. Okay. Well, yeah, it even has your uh, your logo on it. Yeah. Yeah. And I just saw. Uh, sorry, I, I'm not trying to ignore you. I, I just saw a picture uh, of the cut underneath the optic, and I don't know why I can't find it now. Yep. I think it was on the Gray Guns Instagram. Yeah, probably they, they do that on the Modern Classic as well. Okay. Yep. But I'm not. I'm not finding it. So. Yeah, it was pretty interesting. It almost looked like they just grooved it out. Yeah. Um, so very uh, interesting. Well, cuts, so I will say this too. So it it, it take. It's a difficult gun, uh, slide for them to build, which is why it's, it it, it it's unfortunate, but it's quality. So it takes time. Um, with yeah. the serrations we went with. Um, that we designed, I designed those with Keith. Actually, there's a lot of guys, Keith, Jordan, uh, as well as Bruce, obviously. But uh, it, it's a, it was a big project, big collaboration. Um, but with the design of it, those, uh, it really, I think we came up with something special. Uh, but it takes time, so they're, they're, they're really, yeah. they're trying to produce them. They're, they're having difficulty, just like the whole industry, and in getting uh, components to put these together um, and they're just doing the best they can. So they're, they're, I think they have a hundred coming soon. <laughs> of course it's always coming soon, but, uh, but I think they're right. getting close. So it's going to be just released on the website. They tried to do an email list, like a first come first serve. And then uh, mm. they, they kind of, they, they're going away from that because that's a tough one for them to, to fill. Uh, so now they're just going to do first come first serve. Okay. They're going to be available. Okay. Now, the other thing you um, you mentioned was that you're going away from the bull barrel to a match grade barrel. So I assume the is it still going to be a? What's the difference? So that is still it's going to be gray guns. It's going to be they're going to because the components that are difficult to get. They've had. Mm -hmm. uh, they're just looking for different options and they wanted originally we wanted uh oh shoot what was maker of that barrel now i'm blanking but uh that oh, memory I, know thing again. <laughs> I know i've said it before uh one of the better quality barrels but they haven't been able to get anything from them um just just like all components so they're they're in talks with i think a couple different barrel companies for match grade, basically trying to commission barrels specifically made for the lockwood already cut okay. to four seven um, and ready to go. Um, and that'll actually quicken the process for production. So it's same dimensions and everything. So it'll just fit yeah. in the slot. Okay. Yep. So they'll, so they'll be able to have instead of, so the fitting process will be much quicker because that's, that's a big part of it. Not just the, uh, you know, the, the cutting of the serrations and obviously the laser engraving of the logos or anything like that. That takes time too, but uh, it's the fitting, uh, the slide to the barrel. It's that's really, it's it's just an added time consuming. Yeah, and you got it each one. So if they can get the barrels to their specifics for already set up, then it'll it'll quicken that up a little bit. Okay, so, so it shouldn't it 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 shouldn't upset the harmonics or the balance then. 
No, no. Okay. It, it, every gun's going to be a little. So even between the two finished ones that I have, I'm going to be getting a couple more. Um, uh, hopefully before Nats, and uh, we'll see. We'll see if I run them in Nats if if they're close enough to what these are, then I might. Uh, but obviously, they're, you're always leery to run something brand new. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's pretty but, ballsy. Right, and I, you know what? I, I I don't agree, but I've done it. I swear, it's like every year. I got these right before nationals last year, I think a month before and I did it and they ran fine. Um, I don't know. I've done it a bunch. (laughs) I don't recommend it. It it hasn't hurt me. I don't think, but there's always a slight difference from what you're used to. So even between the two I have of what I've got now, there's, there's slight differences. Um, So yeah, it's, I can't say it's going to be exactly the same, but no, I don't think any two guns are exactly the same springs yeah i mean you can't get them the exact same so they're going to spring different they're going to just react different the trigger is going to be a little different all the way down to the striker springs i have uh, tons of strikers that i take with me i don't know i take i, I always carry around extra wow. strikers but every striker is has a different feel and that changes how your trigger feels so i've got one and I don't know what the heck makes it so special, but it has the cleanest break. It's just, it's amazing. And I can't, so I take that spring, you know, parts wear out and I, I, that, that spring is just, I don't know why it works so well, but it's almost one of those things like, how do I get another one of those? I don't know. <laughs> it's the same <laughs> as all the others. Essentially, right. it doesn't look any different, but it feels different. It's noticeable. Wow. Interesting. Now you, you. I noticed too that you um, put silicone carbide on your grip. Do you do that to all of them? Yeah, yeah, I do for my competition ones. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I just do it myself. Um, basically, finger paint it on there, tape off what you don't want, finger paint it on there, and then uh, do the silicone carbide, and I just pack it on there, and it stays on there for years. Doesn't wear off. What, it's uh, been what, trial and error over the years, but I've been doing it for a while. What grit are you using? Uh, that's that's a good question. I don't know. I get it from Gray Guns. <laughs> I can't. Saw another gun. Yeah, I get it. They just said they sent me the pack. They do theirs. They do it there too. Um, I think my message is a little different. I just learned the way I like it. But yeah, my method is basically once I get that on there, once I paint it on there, I don't go too thick. Or it will run, you know, if you get too much glue on there. Right. But but basically, I pour it on like normal, like everybody would. But I create a pile, and I basically roll the grip into that pile, so it really sets it in there. And I take it, and I'll I'll just mush it in there as best I can, so it'll have kind of layers, so it'll have years before it ever wears off. Now you've got a lot of videos. Have you ever considered making a video of that? Yeah, actually, somebody asked me recently on that. Uh, I did an equipment video just a week back or two weeks back. And that's what somebody was asking for. And I thought about it. I don't, it just, to me, that's kind of like, I hate doing it. I don't mind videoing, but I, you know, I hate that part of it because it's just work. It's labor, <laughs> but yeah, cause I do, I do some things for sure that uh, modify it. Like, I don't know if I've got a stock one. I don't think I've, everything I've got is already modified, but, I take off 
that whole back of the beaver tail and and really sh shave it down it, you could see that i yeah. wish i had a stock x5 to compare oh you know what i might uh but yeah so i take off this whole shelf that's that's usually comes straight back to the beaver tail oh, and, wow. and it's usually about that long right I, mean, I think about there now i say this but whoever's watching don't think that there's a void in here and basically where i'm at I'm at the maximum you can take off because there's a there's a void in here for the back where the FCU slides in. There's a void behind it, and if you go too far, you're going to get in there. So this is as much as you can possibly do. And that's, now, did you did you find that void accidentally? Uh, you know, I have not. So another <laughs> okay. So my buddy Mike, who owns my ammo, he, like I said, he's a gunsmith. So he's, he's done a few, he, he's, he does the bulk of the work. I, I take credit, right? <laughs> this is how it goes. I go, Hey, see, I just want this shelf off and I want this. Can you make it do this? And he just does it. And then I go, yeah. So then when I talk to somebody else, so this is what I did. <laughs> take credit for it. No, he does. There you go. He, he does the bulk of it. I think I've done some, some of the, you know, basically put in the line and then, uh, taking some sanding to the back I, I do little little things but he does he does the bulk of the work he's actually got one right now that i already already did the grip on but he's doing this to it for me as well <laughs> okay I got, I got a couple coming so i can't take credit for it i try i try but <laughs> but yes there's a void back there and yes i think he's he's found one of them <laughs> okay yeah, yeah you just have that doesn't sound like it's something that you would know about unless you're like, oh, look, there's a hole in the back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it goes, yeah, there is. Yep. <laughs> okay. Um, I want to go back to something you mentioned earlier because it was in your video as well when you were talking about it. And I, I just for some clarification, you talked about the the slide and how it's basically tuned to and the barrel length all of that everything's tuned to where um like you said earlier the 4.3 would dip in your in one of your videos you mentioned something about um i've got it i've got it was it a video anyway I, i've got it verbatim it said uh what I've seen with the Lockwood is when the slide returns, it does not have bounce, meaning it returns to where the shot broke and stops. This allows for faster everything. I've realized that muzzle flip is so much less important than a balanced, consistent return. Mm -hmm. So two, two things. One, when you say bounce, do you mean the, the front of the gun dipping down? Yes. Yep. Okay. Yep. And... What have you learned about muzzle flip versus bounce? So it, it's kind of a compound question, but basically it's going to be combined with what you're shooting, of course, whether that's a Lockwood regular 320 or uh, 1911 or anything out there. It's that's going to dictate some of that, too. The other part of that is, of course, your hands, what you're doing, what you're doing with your grip. Um, so the bounce can, so the way I think of it, and it's, again, I always kind of say 
this is I, my my videos are kind of this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm learning. This is what's working for me. This is what's not. And for me, I try to think of my left hand because it's my support hand um, as as the tool that I use to. It, it doesn't stop muzzle flip. It definitely mitigates it a lot. But what's important about my my support hand is that it makes the gun return right back to where it was. And the way I do that with obviously the balance of the gun can can make that a lot easier. Like I mentioned earlier with the 147s, I noticed that that slower slide return. For whatever reason, it doesn't I can't understand why it makes sense uh, or, or why it doesn't. It doesn't really make sense. Uh, it, like if you think of physics, but that slower slide return, it, it tends to make that movement down in the uh, after the shot, after the slide returns. I don't, okay. I don't understand, but I know the fast, a stronger spring you think would want to slam it forward and dip more. And it doesn't do that in my experience. I, I can't explain it, but that stronger spring tends to slam forward, but stop quicker versus the slower return. So I, I don't know that part and exactly why it does that for me, but I do know that my grip does have something to do with it. And what I think about is I'm just taking the, I'm eliminating the movement in in my wrist on my support hand so i'm not like trying to really kink it down but i basically take it down to a point where there's no more movement for it to go down further so when i meet the gun instead of having it like this there's still movement in that we can wrist so it can go bang it's going to lift and it's going to come back and now it can go below because there's still movement in that wrist well if i eliminate that movement then put it on the gun it can go up but now there's no movement down there's no movement to go down in that wrist. So that's kind of how I teach the grip. So there's different abilities out there. Everybody's wrists, their joints are different. So that's just the way I think of it. It kind of is a more broad way, limiting the movement in your wrist by, by kind of pointing it down. Used to, I've been told, you know, put it at a 45 degree. Well, really, all you're trying to do is eliminate the movement for the ability to the, for the, for the gun to move down past a certain point. And if that certain point is already there and that's pointing at the target, when it goes up, that's fine. But returning back consistently and not being able to go below that is more important is what I basically what I a complicated way of what I mean. Okay. All right. Yeah, that clarifies it. That's good. All right. Now back and way up, when did you first shoot a gun? Oh, first shoot a gun? Uh, uh probably. Probably six or seven, I think. Probably, I think it was my dad's twenty-two. I don't okay. remember my dad exact age, but probably right around there, six, seven, eight. We were on a houseboat trip on Lake Shasta, and uh, we were just in a ravine or something up a kind of between two hills where a creek came into the into the lake, and we just were shooting across. But now it was a it was my dad's old twenty-two. Okay. So you've lived in California your whole life then? Most of it. I was born and raised in Redding, California, where I live now. And then I moved away after high school, um, went to Nevada, and spent about eight or nine years in Nevada for the job. And then started a family and moved back to Redding, California, where we are, we're, we're at now. I married my high school sweetheart. And 
once we started having kids, we had to get back to where both our families were. So, okay. And congratulations. You just had a recent anniversary. Yes. Yep. Yep. Okay. 17 years. <laughs> yeah. 17 years. We've been together, like I said, since high school. So we're probably closer to 20 that we've been kind of dating, but yeah, 17 years married. Good for you. I'm on number two, so <laughs> stay on stay on number one if you can. And That's there's nothing goal, wrong. Absolutely. There you go. Yeah, it's just a hassle. Um, so I was going to ask you how you found USPSA, but you were saying that you had some downtime doing injury and YouTube, and that's how you found it. Now, what was your was your first competition match? A USPSA match? Yep, it was. So it's a local gun club here. The Shasta Shooters put it on, and uh, and they put on a good one too. Um, every month, it's second second weekend of the month. Um, I I went out. To, I think I'd, I'd been shooting Tuesday Night Steel. They, that's during the summer that. Uh, they didn't do it this year because uh, it, it's all volunteers to set it up. And it's difficult when it's 110, 115 out to go set all that stuff up uh, without having help. So um, I was shooting that pretty regularly, uh, weekly. And then, you know, those guys, you know, kind of the, the locals took me under their wing and said, hey, you got to come out and shoot USPSA. I think I was running a T-Rex arms drop leg holster. <laughs> Five <laughs> eleven, like soft pouch that held like five mags, you know, all strict perpendicular, <laughs> right? With a with a velcro flap over it, but uh, but yeah, those guys got me out there, and uh, I can't remember what I know it was in twenty seventeen. I don't remember. I think it was towards the end of the year. But yeah, sh shot my first one, and and uh, very, I think it was the. First stage, first match, DQ'd. Oh no! <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it was a, it was a one eighty thing. It was a target. So from day one, I was gaming because I saw a target that I could see from this front position that had walls coming into it, and you shoot what you're supposed to shoot. Well, if you lean out far enough, you could see another target. And I, you know, they they brief you on the one eighty and all the safety rules and. So, but I just never enter my head because I didn't quite have that frame of mind yet. I just thought, oh, I could see that target. Uh -oh. from there. So I lean out and I take the target and then I hear stop. And that's all it was though. They felt bad, of course. They're just like, broke the 180. I'm like, what? <laughs> so, <laughs> but, you know, I stuck around. Uh, I think I stayed the rest of the match just to watch it. And then, and then uh, obviously I came back to it. <laughs> so what what division did you shoot that match that one stage? Um, you know what i don't even know i think they just put me in open because i think whatever I, I just wanted to run what i was running um okay. which was an mp at that time and uh, i think i had a magwell on it but a carry optic slide and yeah so it's just kind of it was just something i had i put together that i wanted it to be uh, but it wasn't, so I think I was running open just because that's, okay. you know, it, it, it didn't really matter at that point. You know, yeah. locals just wanting to get me out there and they're just, you know, but then I went, 
once I started to like, okay, I think I'm going to shoot this. I, uh, I started shooting limited, um, is, is the mm. category. That's kind of where the heat was at the time, limited in production, but I never cared for just 10 round mags or just, or doing the, having to reload the whole time. Well, probably cause I wasn't good at it. Uh, <laughs> you know, so I didn't want to have to, I didn't want to have to reload. Just like, man, that takes forever. I just got to shoot limited. So I got a, I got an Akai customs pistol from, uh, oh, wow. yeah, saved, saved up some money and got an Akai. He gave me a good deal on it with the mags and everything. And, uh, so I started shooting limited for about a year before I switched to carry optics. So I never, I ne the bug never left, left me with it. I've always loved optics once, once I, I mean, like I said, it was in 2017 or something. I just put one on an M&P and I just instantly loved it just probably cause it just made it easier. It made it, it just fun. And then uh, now, went back to it. Nobody really had uh, I'm trying to, I don't think anybody had any really large optics back then. 2017, 2018 at that no, time. I, I ran a vortex venom. Okay. Yeah. I just ran the venom on uh, the MP. And he, you know what it was? I just built my MP because I saw it in a magazine and there was like a collaboration gun or something that I thought looked really cool. So it had a magwell. So I basically built, modeled it after that. <laughs> and it had a vortex okay. venom on it. So I thought that's the optic to have. Super, you know, I don't know. It's like you don't know what you don't know. So super impressionable, and just built it from what I saw in a magazine. And uh, okay, I, mean, I liked it. But as far as our divisions in USPSA, that took me a while because I wasn't. It was a it it was a hobby. I enjoyed it, but I kind of had a. It was. I didn't want to adhere to all these restrictions. It was just like I just want to. It was just too much. I just wanted to shoot what i want to shoot which i get it yeah then you're just put it open or whatever division you can fit in but uh that took some adjusting until i kind of figured out okay well if i want to be competitive you know where do i want to compete at you know kind of what fits me the most and then i finally kind of gave in and like i said went limited for a little bit and uh but my heart never left uh optics <laughs> okay now you you mentioned um, also wanting to try I think the Sig Romeo XL. Yeah, yep. Is, I wanted to try that. It's uh, I've got I think I've got one coming uh, with my new my new Lockwoods uh, from Grey Guns. They have an extra one because uh, I've only ran the the, the Max, uh, which is a great great optic. And then so I just wanted to try the I've never actually tried the XL. And I think it's just the field of view is just slightly bigger. Okay, uh, basically that's what just, I was going to ask. Yeah, from what I understand, it sits as tall, but I think it's just slightly wider. And the only reason mm. why it interests me because I want to cheat a little bit more on kind of what I was talking about earlier is nosing yeah. it over on those arrays. You can just cheat a little bit more. It's definitely not good mechanics for irons because I've gone back to irons. And when I do transitions and stuff, it's like, oh, I lose that, you know, my front side will it'll get off real quick and then I've got to work it back. And it's like, Oh my gosh. So I don't do enough cross training, but fortunately my job, they, uh, they, are, they, they transition to, they run a P320 with Romeo one pros. So really? I get to shoot, 
the same thing at work as I do for uh, competition. So I'm very, wow. very fortunate. Very fortunate. Yeah. Yeah. That's wow. That's pretty lucky. Yeah. So there's not really a, a worry about having to go from irons to optics. So not only are you gaming the competition in the stages, you're gaming your sights. That's right. You're just gaming it all. <laughs> yeah, gaming it all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. So I was going to ask you how you got into carry optics, but you you answered it. So that was perfect. All right. So last year at Nationals, you finished just outside of the top 10. Um, yep, I ended up 13. Right. And, but that was a stacked field. I mean, I've talked to people who were top 10 and then last year got bumped out of top 10 because of the other competitors that showed up. Oh, man. Um, it's and this year is even crazier. I mean, Dazi was second last year, and he's not even on the super squad. Well, I think you know? his situation – so I, I – well, if everybody showed up, and obviously Christian is is in now, so he's going to be automatic super squad. Um, I, right. I was told when I got bumped uh, to the super squad was Dazi's going to shoot from his work or something. He has some other engagement. I think it's his work to where he has to shoot it in one day or something like that. So he has a prior thing that he has to take care of. And, and that's, I mean, that's just hearsay until we see, but that's right. He, he should be obviously on there. I should not. Um, I, and I'm sure a couple of us made it on because of that, because uh, we were just outside. But I mean, I'm 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 happy with it. I haven't got to shoot alongside, you know, these guys. I essentially learned how to shoot from watching YouTube. Right uh, now, I'm excited. I get to shoot alongside them. But uh, but that's fine. I mean, I've gone to some of these. I haven't been to too many majors. Um, so kind of I've kind of grown looking up to these guys you know even though I'm shooting in the same field it's like I don't know it's kind of a it's a learning process so that's what they have on me is they have that experience and they've been there before and they've been the guys and then now the only difference is I plan on being I plan on being the guy or one of them <laughs> there you go yeah and that wasn't a hit on you that was just uh, me trying to point out just how yep. much heat is going to be at this match I mean oh. Jay Beal's yep. not on there, and he could be – you know what I mean? Like, there are people Absolutely. that are not on this – anybody on the Super Squad could win it, but there are also people not yep. on this. I feel like there should be a second – like, you should have yeah. Super Squad A and Super Squad B. Anybody in those 20 could win the, win the I, whole thing. I agree with that. I think I think it would be, be beneficial. I don't know how they're going to uh, video or, you know, how they're going to do the broadcast. But I think it would be beneficial to have uh, a second super squad and having some cameras yeah. on that too. Because I mean, re the, the reality is, is there's extra pressure. I think being on the super squad, although, like I said, I haven't been on a legit super squad. I would say, not at nationals for certain. This is only my technically my third nationals. I shot back in 2019 or 2020. No, 2019. Um, and I DQ'd on the first day a 180 thing as I brought the gun up, running backwards. I brought it up to shoot, and they say I just broke it. But um, so I didn't. That was my first nationals experience, and then uh, and then this year uh, or this last year, 2021. But uh, but yeah, I mean, 
I, I think we saw it with Mason Lane when he won uh, his first limited division. I mean, there's like no footage of it because <laughs> he came right. from behind. He wasn't on the super squad. Yeah. So yeah, it's, totally. I, it's something I, I think that this sport would benefit. You know, I mean, for some, it's it's definitely a possibility. Um, I think it, I think it would be interesting to figure out who the top. I think. Um, hold on a second. I've got it up here somewhere. Where's it at? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. So there's thirteen on the super squad. So take your top twenty-six, throw all their names in a hat. The first thirteen are on A. The second thirteen are on B. Make one start in the morning, one start in the afternoon. So they're flip-flopping yeah. the whole time, and that's a whole different level of pressure. Yeah, that's you know that's not a bad idea. Yeah, it's tough. It, this sport is tough because uh, obviously you have different times of shooting, and that can weather can change. Um, so it's it's it is what it is. There's not much you can do about that, but it's hard to get everybody to shoot the same match, it, or it can be. You know, right. you have you know obviously, I think, and it's good. I think it's important that they kind of allow people to, based on their job or prior obligations, that they shoot it in a day but i'll tell you if you can shoot Oof. and all in the same day i feel like if you're conditioned it's a benefit if you're not conditioned then it can be detrimental but but if you're conditioned to shoot a lot you can go through the whole i mean shoot everything in a day and you can kind of keep a good pace you're not you're not taping and pasting you're not sitting for an hour between each time you shoot so you're not kind of you basically you're, you're staying uh fresh you know you go shoot them shoot a stage you can kind of ramp up kind of like you do in a practice and so you'll you can ramp up um doing shoot throughs so i think it's a benefit to do a shoot through and in most at least for top guys and that's not a dig on anybody or anything like that um because as we mentioned dazi that's i mean i think we need that because well i mean to be honest most of us aren't uh professional shooters and making a living off of it so right. we're gonna we're gonna have work we're gonna have uh family and stuff that we need to take care of so it is that's just part of it so i i'm definitely happy that they allow that or when they do allow it um but it is just one of those things it's like it can be a pretty good benefit if if you can do that because you can stay keep a rhythm you know yeah i think there's a lot of factors involved there like i've i've shot at a major match and I was part of the staff and I was able to shoot through, but I, I find that you don't get the same amount of time to do your walkthrough. It's not as yeah. slow and relaxed. It's a little faster pace. It's a little more pressure to get going, to get your stuff. You know what I mean? Like it's a whole yeah. other game yeah. there. So I, I can see, and then Southern Alabama, early September, it's going to yeah. be warm and humid and, it's going to yeah. be, and I think, you know, Dazi's in Texas and I don't think he's in the Houston area. So it's a little drier. It's not that humid muggy. So it's going to be a little different. Absolutely. And it's dry heat here too. So that's going to be definitely something, something for me to overcome there. Um, it's, yeah, but, I, too, but not the, not, not the humidity, which is right. a, a part of it. And, you know, I mean, I, it's funny. My son and I were talking about this yesterday about dry heat versus, you know, wet heat. 
And I'm like, look, I, I was in Wichita Falls when it was 111. I've been in Vegas where it's been 108, 110. And I'm like, yeah, those are dry, but it's still hot. You yeah. still sweat. It's still hot. I yeah. said the difference is it could be 98 in Houston where I lived for a couple of years, and it's 75% humidity, and it feels like 110, but you sweat a little bit more. You know, it's yeah. just that's that wet, but it's still hot. I mean, it doesn't matter. It's hot. Yeah. It's all hot. That's um, why I kind of do all my conditioning and training, most of it in my garage. And I just, I, I have a fan, but it's it's just a little cooler in here than it, out in the sun, but uh, it definitely gets warm. <laughs> yeah. But hey, Dave, yeah, I've, got, sure. uh, I've got to take my daughter. She's doing volleyball tryouts at six, my time. Okay. Um, okay. So I've got about probably five, five more minutes or so. Okay. All right. So with that, um, I, I'm just going to finish up with nationals then real quick. Sure. So, so when I had Juanzik on, we were talking and he said, uh, the first nationals, you know, he was leading after day one. He didn't know what to do. It like blew his mind. Um, <laughs> And, and it led to some other things that happened that caused him to drop in the um, final rankings there. So you being, let's say, day one, the end of the day, Isaac Lockwood is at the top of the leaderboard. How are you going to handle that type of pressure? And Do you already have a plan like this is what I'm going to do to keep myself where I need to be? Well, I think it's so ideally you would want, not want to know because so, <laughs> I, I. OK, yeah, but you, I know, you, you know, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. Heck no, because everybody's going to text you. You know, I, I yeah, won't exactly. Probably, I won't look at it because um, uh, it's just something. That's what it is. It's this. I I, I kind of uh, I view shooting as I same way when I play golf. Um, it's it's you in the course. So it's not you against anybody else. It's you in the course. And that's the same thing. It's, it's you against the stage and that's it. So ideally that's the mindset I want to be able to have. Um, and that's the difficult part, you know, just, and, and uh, last year, uh, the first two days I shot and I was trying to do good. So I was, I was, you know, over aiming, over confirming, and it didn't make me shoot any better. So there's no sense in doing it, but it took me till day three to, well, the evening of day two, after I've shot two days and figured out what am I doing? Why am I, I'm not shooting any better to do that. Just shoot, shoot what you see, shoot your sights. If it's a difficult target, you feel your trigger, you know, just the basic fundamentals. That's all it is. You don't have to do anything extra, you know, just execute your stage plan and let your sights dictate your speed, the end. And uh, so day three, I did that. I shot with Henning Walgreen and I was fortunate. That was, a, I, I actually had fun the whole time. Um, definitely wasn't shooting to my potential the first two days, but the final day, um, you know, I showed up, you know, kind of like, okay, I shot myself out of any opportunity to do, to do really well. Um, I wasn't horrible, but I definitely wasn't where, where I, where my potential could have put me. Um, and I was like, all right. Today's going to be different. Uh, any, any, you know, do you know Henning Walgreen, Henning Group? Are I you know. Him? Okay. So he's from Norway, and uh, so he has oh. an accent. 
a great accent. I love it. You know, uh, like that Viking accent. And he's like, Oh, today you're not going to suck. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I'm like, exactly. That's exactly right. Today I'm not going to suck. And sure enough, I, I still, I, I still had, I think a couple mics, you know, I still had some, uh, some blemishes, but it was just much fat. It, it wouldn't have been any worse except my times were much faster. I still ended up being, uh, I think, out of the five or six stages, my worst finish on that day was seventh overall. Oh, wow. So like a second, a couple thirds, a fourth, maybe a couple fifths and a seventh. It was just like, that's how I shot the day because I wasn't over a, I was just shooting the way I know how to shoot. So had I, that's the key is if, if I can do that for three days, I mean, if you took how I did and uh, granted those are different stages, they had a breakup of three very, different uh styles of shooting mm, uh, right how that how that how they made that up three different you know courses of fire uh or how they had it segregated in their sections so right and it didn't help or it helped for sure that uh, my final day was on kind of the first section where it was more of the speed uh targeted uh type stages um so that played to my advantage i think uh, so I was able to put together just pretty much all solid stages. And, uh, yeah, if you, it, it, so if you're shooting that way for all three days, you, you're going to win easily. If you don't get worse than seventh overall, holy smokes. I didn't right. that. Yeah. You're very but, consistent, but that's going to be, you know, if they do that again, those different sections, it's going to be, it's going to, I like it because it definitely exposes it, 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 you to all the different styles or at least three major different styles. And uh, you're going to find somebody's weakness <laughs> within those. So I, I did. I very much liked it. Um, just wish I would have had the mindset going in like I did finishing. So that's the goal this year is go in. I'll probably I'm sure I'm going to be plenty nervous um, to start just to, you know, kind of feel out the group, you know, feel out the right. you know, get, get that pressure. It's fine. I, I expect it. Um, but just go in knowing it's not the, it's, it's the same thing. It's all up here, you know? So I've dealt with pressure right. in other sports, which has helped me in this one. And uh, obviously pressure from the job and, you know, to perform on demand. And sometimes, you know, it just kind of depends on the day. Sometimes it's better than others. Sometimes it just is what it is. Your body's just, you wake up that day and you just don't have your peak performance day. Uh, but, being able to manage it is important knowing that it's like, okay, I don't have to be my best, but I can still manage it in a way to where I'm still performing at a high level. And just knowing I just need to keep that at a high level and get through the day. <laughs> so that's, that's my plan essentially is not, uh, you know, my expectation, I keep it in my practice um, execution. The goal has been for me is to, focus in matches is going to be execution not about uh the results so that's gotcha. that's my goal is just the execution execute every target every stage the way i know how and even though there's that added pressure of whatever whoever's watching doesn't it doesn't matter that's always there or it's not just because the fact that you know it shouldn't change it and it shouldn't but it right. i mean Ultimately, it does a lot for a lot of people, including myself, it has before, but I've also had times where it hasn't, where I've had pressure like that and 
I've done well. So I've had both ends of it. And the way to get better is the more times you're there, the better you get at handling it. So, so that's, that's going to be my test for me is getting better at, you know, obviously this is as far as this sport goes, this is going to be my biggest test of handling that pressure. Uh, but I've had similar pressures in other sports that I can pull from. So I'm looking forward to it. I, I love it. I love how stacked it is. I, I, I don't know. I, I'd rather lose to the best in the world than, than win to, you know, because of a screw up or because their gun went down or anything like that. So I would, I wanted right. to, I'm, I wish every top guy in every division was shooting carry optics right now. <laughs> uh, they almost are. Yeah. Almost, almost, almost. I yeah. know a couple, there's a couple names that I would like to see there just, just cause, and you know, I said this before this year. So whoever wins this year, I think they could argue that this could be the toughest or the most, it might be the biggest Nats to win ever. I mean, and I'm not like a history buff on USPSA or anything like that, but I, I you know, I don't know. And I, I would like to hear from like the guys that have been doing it since the eighties or, you know, what is the most stacked field they've ever seen at a nationals? This might be it. So this might be the hardest yeah. nationals to win uh, this year. So yeah, the most competitive for sure. Absolutely. It, it might be. I mean, I, I would definitely like to hear of a different one that you know that's something that would challenge it so that'd be that'd be good i think uh i think it's gonna be fun it's gonna be fun to watch i think it's gonna be i think it's gonna be razor thin you know the differences in, in uh, overall scores it's gonna be interesting and, and with that last little thing you're the odds maker at las vegas who's your early favorite oh, man <laughs> you know what i'm not gonna choose myself i'm the underdog um so excluding myself, it's hard not to pick Max. I know JJ got it last year, um, but I know Max is, is, you know, that lit a fire, which is good. You know, I, I swear right. I learned more from losing, and it's more of a motivator to lose than it ever is to win. So, it, you know, it, I don't know how his training's been going. I'm sure he's, he's – I, I, I'm guessing it lit a fire and that uh, he's going to be very difficult to beat. And I know Christian's there, and he just he can shoot anything good. So there's just so hard. There's so many good shooters, you know. You're, you're going to be able to witness it firsthand when it happens, yeah. whether yeah, it's so you many, or anybody else. And there's so many underdogs too, like you know, yeah. kind of underdogs or or you know what I mean. But uh, it's I, I'm sorry, I, I say the odds are still with Max just because he's done it so many times, and now he's got he's coming off of a loss, so now. He's, he should have a fire lit. He's, he's highly competitive, so I can identify with that. And I know after I lose, <laughs> I know I'm working twice right. as hard to fix it. And then once I get a win, then I might kind of like back off. Okay, I got it. But after a loss is when I work my hardest, and you learn the most from it. So, so right. I, I say Max, and it's just, you know, and then, you know, Christian's going to be right there too. But hopefully – Hopefully they don't have to worry about it. Hopefully I put put in the work I need to, and then they don't have to worry about it. <laughs> there you go. I like well, it. Well, yep. All right. Well, I won't keep you any longer. I know you got to get going. So I appreciate you coming on. It was a great conversation. I'll have to have you on again. Yeah. Yeah. Let me know. And I, I will yep. see you at nationals. All right. Sounds good. Thanks for talking. All right. Take care.
Until next time. Don't be a little bitch. Yeah. Mm-hmm.